What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today I am here to review a movie that just came out in theaters this past weekend, and that is Jungle Cruise. This is going to be a non-spoiler review of Jungle Cruise, uh, so I'm not going to be getting into any kind of specific story beat moments or anything like that, so you should be good to to listen to this review and then make a decision on whether you should go spend your hard-earned money at the theater to go see this movie. But before we jump into the review for Jungle Cruise, if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers and you get access to a bunch of different content. You get two extra podcasts that we don't release to the public. And most importantly, you get access to not only our group text, but you get to become a creator slash producer of not only surfing the stream, but also the two-game podcast plus the additional podcast that we do uh, just for Patreon. And then you get additional Patreon-exclusive content on top of that. So lots of things going on at our Patreon. And if you like any of that, go to patreon.com slash two-game that is the number two. And just to kind of fill you in a little bit more on the whole creator slash producer stuff uh, that we advertise for our Patreon, you basically get access to our group text. And in there, I put like a little voting process each and every week before I release the schedule for the week. And you get to vote for what reviews you want, what reviews you don't want. You get to pick out what we talk about on the two game podcast. Just you basically get creative control over our podcast by joining us at Patreon. So patreon.com slash two game again. And shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Edmonds, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, and Lindsay Humble. We appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month. Without y'all, we would not be able to do this. So thank you so much. And just speaking of our Patreon supporters, guys, I, I cannot say enough good things about our Patreon supporters. I absolutely love that that group that we have right now it's a it's a small niche group but i absolutely love them and i would not trade them for anything in the world so thank y'all for supporting us each and every month but that's enough of that let's jump into the review for jungle cruise based on disneyland's theme park ride where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle field with dangerous animals and reptiles but with a supernatural element this movie was directed by Yame Colette Serra. Uh, he's also directed Nonstop, The Shallows, The Commuter, House of Wax, uh, Orphan, Unknown, and he's also attached to finish directing Black Adam with also The Rock attached to that. This movie had a budget of $200 million, but apparently it also had a $100 million uh, marketing tag along with it. So $300 million for this movie. Whew, that's a lot of money. Uh, throughout the first weekend, it grossed in theaters $61.8 million, and Disney Plus made it bring in an extra $30 million, so right around $91, $92 million uh, opening weekend. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt, and Edgar Ramirez. It has a runtime of two hours and seven minutes, and it was released worldwide July 30th, 2021. Many of the puns Frank uses are taken directly from the Disney Parks attraction on which the ride, on which the movie is based. Uh, these so bad they're good jokes are one of the reasons why Jungle Cruise uh, skippers are so important to the ride experience. This is the title given to Disney cast members who act as tour guides in the parks. Uh, famous skippers include Kevin Costner and John Lasseter. 
originally slated for release on October 11th, 2019, and then it got pushed back to July 24th, 2020, and then now to July 30th due to the pandemic. So back in 2019, wow. But you know, I don't, I don't know about that because it says 2019. The pandemic wasn't in 2019. That was like right before the pandemic. So I'm curious to know why it got pushed back uh, from that point. So I, I don't really know. If you know, let me know. And in 2011, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were in talks to star in a different iteration of this project. So basically, Toy Story on a River Cruise. That would have been very interesting. I guess in a like non-action style iteration of this movie, Tom Hanks would actually be a really great choice for uh, for the movie. Uh, for an action role, I think Tom Hanks is kind of done with his action roles. Uh, not that he was ever really big into action movies, but I think Tom Hanks would have done good in this movie if it was more of a drama rather than an action-adventure movie. But, I mean, you kind of lose the whole flair of Jungle Cruise if you take out the action-adventure style, which we'll get into in just a minute. But let's jump into my general impressions of Jungle Cruise. Now, I saw this opening weekend with my son, Logan, who is five years old, and he had a good time. He, he says he really liked it. He said it was something that he would, you know, watch again. Me, I think it's an okay movie. I don't think it's absolutely worth going to the theater see. I think if you're in the mood for staying at home, you know, to avoid COVID, pandemic, whatever you want to do, or you just don't want to spend an ungodly amount of money to see Jungle Cruise, then I think it's perfectly okay to see it at home. I actually would rather you spend the $30 to see it for your entire family at home than go to the movie theater because I don't think the movie theater actually adds anything to this movie whatsoever. Now, if you do decide to watch it at home, there's going to be a little bit of a disclaimer, okay? Now, obviously, you have to get this on Disney+, Plus, so you have to have a Disney Plus subscription, and then you have to buy the movie through Premiere Access, which is 30 bucks. Now, if you have a really nice TV that shows 4K and all the good stuff, you have all the bells and whistles for this, then you might actually hurt the movie a little bit because the CGI in this movie is not great. Uh, it's good at times, and it's bad in others. I wouldn't ever say that the the CGI was absolutely amazing because it's not. And in fact, it takes you out of the movie sometimes with how poor the CGI is. For a movie that spent $200 million on, on, on the production of the movie, you would think that the CGI would be a little bit better, but it's actually one of the worst things about the movie altogether. Now, I understand. You're sitting there and going, dude, it's a Jungle Cruise movie. It's, it's based on a river. There's supernatural elements. Uh, it's an action flick. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be CGI involved. And, you know, this movie doesn't even take place current times. And, in fact, it takes place during the First World War. And you're thinking, well, of course it's going to look fake because it's not real. Yeah, but there are movies out there. I mean, take uh, Infinity War or Endgame, for example. Those movies look so good on the big screen and even on 4K and whatnot because they put so much time and effort into the CGI and stuff like that. It never actually feels like fake. It, it like it looks like something that could actually happen. Now this movie feels fake the entire time. Not once did I feel like they were actually on a river shooting this movie. You can tell it's a green screen just about the entire movie, which is something that really takes me out of the movie completely. Every time I'm looking at the screen, I'm going, oh God, that doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. So if I can tell that on a 
on a movie screen, you're definitely going to be able to tell that on your 4K screen, unless for some reason it's just significantly better on at, at home, which I I don't know. I'm not buying the movie for 30 bucks again. Uh, 20 bucks spending it at the theater was enough for me. But I do think this is just an okay movie. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's good either. It's not something that I'm going to ever go out of my way to rewatch. It might be something that you know we decide as a family to sit down and just watch whenever it comes out on DVD. But after that, I'm not going to really watch this movie ever again. And I don't plan on it either because the movie just feels so long to me. And, you know, my buddy Tyler, who's one of our Patreon supporters, he, he mentioned that I'm never happy about the runtime. And I, it's always could be shorter or it always could be longer. And, I mean, that's true. I don't think there are very many movies out there that get pacing and get the runtime just perfect. Now, we just recently reviewed The Patriot, which I think is one of the best-paced movies ever made. I mean, it's almost three hours long, and it doesn't feel like three hours long at all. And then you go on the other side of the spectrum with A Quiet Place 2, which I just reviewed. It's an hour and a half, and I feel like that movie, was it just zinged by. Like, it is one of the best-paced movies of all time, and I wanted more of it. So when the pacing is so good, you just you want more of it, you know? But also, at the same time, um, pacing can, can hurt a movie like this. This movie is over two hours long. I don't know why it's two hours long. It shouldn't be two hours long. I'm thinking more around one hour and 45 minutes. This movie is probably about 15 to 20 minutes too long. Now, if it had great pacing, we could probably push aside that 15, 20 minutes, and it could actually be an enjoyable movie. But the pacing is so off that uh, you got to do something with, with it. To, you got to trim it down because it feels like such a long movie. It feels like a two-and-a-half-hour movie versus a just over two hours. So that's one of the biggest things for me with this movie is the pacing and the runtime. There's just no reason why it should be this long of a movie. I don't feel like there were scenes in here that really added anything, and it could have just been 15 minutes just trimmed off. And speaking of pacing, this movie feels like a combination of The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you like both of those movies? Of course you should, because both of those are great movies and both great franchises. Eh, well, I mean, they have some duds in there. But the first two Mummy movies and the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies are fantastic. So those are the movies that Jungle Cruise wears on its sleeve. And you can tell it like it is plain and obvious that they are wearing those Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean influences on its sleeve. And you can tell by just the story. I mean, it's a girl plus another dude. Plus one more dude. I mean, and the the girl and the dude are brother and sister, just like the mummy. So it's almost the exact same story structure as the mummy. And then obviously you get the swashbuckling action of Pirates of the Caribbean in there. So Pirates of the Caribbean and the mummy, that's the closest thing that I can compare this movie to. But those movies feel so fast-paced because they're so action-filled and they're, they're just fast-paced throughout the entire movie. You just don't really feel the, the runtime at all. This movie is the exact opposite. You feel that runtime. So for a movie that wears those influences on its sleeves and tries to imitate The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean, you think this movie would be more more fast-paced than it is, but it's not. And that's really a bit of an issue uh, as you go through the movie. It just it slows it down to a crawl as far as the action and the tension go. And then some other things that I really have an issue with, I think... Things really fall apart for me 
in the last third of the movie. It's just like the last third of the movie, I'm just like, bruh, this is really just dragging on. I kind of just want it to end. The first two thirds of the movie are really good. In fact, the first third of the movie, I will go so far as saying, is the most enjoyable part of the entire movie. I think it's really, really great, actually. But as the movie just continues, it just loses steam, and it loses that flair that it has at the first third of the movie. Uh, I think The Rock is at his best in that first third of the movie compared to the rest, mainly because it's it feels like a different style of character for The Rock than we're used to. I mean, his character is very pun-heavy. He tells, like, corny dad jokes, and it's fantastic, actually. It, I absolutely love the jokes in this movie at the very beginning of the movie. After that, it's not really funny. It's really not. And it's not because the jokes just get bad. It's just because they do a bad job of delivering humor. It's more like lighthearted fun rather than, you know, roll on the floor laughing your butt off kind of joke. I think The Rock has a solid performance in the movie. I mean, he's not bad, but he's also not amazing either. I think if you like The Rock and all of his performances in any of his other movies, then you're going to find yourself really enjoying his performance in this. It's just, it's nothing that really stands out, and it's nothing that is just bottom of the barrel for me as far as his performances go. But ultimately, I think Emily Blunt really stole the show for me. Uh, both her and The Rock have such great chemistry that it really saved the movie for me from being just a complete disaster. The constant banter back and forth was, was really entertaining the, the further you got into the movie. Again, the first third is the best part of the entire movie, but the banter is is nice and entertaining as the movie goes along. I think the action sequences are they're okay. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as saying they're amazing or even good. I'm not even going to go so far as saying they're entertaining. I think they're just, they're okay. While the bigger set pieces are, are good. There's nothing in this movie that's just going to blow your mind. Now, Logan tended to like the scene where, I mean, you've seen it in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler, where the boat goes through this big old building. I mean, he liked that scene. And there's some other bigger set pieces. But for the most part, it's just, it's middle-of-the-road action. It looks okay. Which really kind of, Kind of scares me for Black Adam with the same director going into that one. Ah, I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna work with the action there. If I didn't really like the action in this one, but overall, I think the movie is just okay. I think Joan Cruz is an entertaining movie. It wears a lot of its influences on its sleeve, but it ultimately gets bogged down by pacing, the runtime, and the meh CGI. It's not worth an expensive venture to the theaters, in my opinion. But once it comes out on Disney+, and it's for free, not the premiere access, once it's free, I think it's definitely a movie that you should check out. If you're into The Mummy, if you're into Pirates of the Caribbean, if you're looking for a family-friendly movie to, to cap off the summer, then I do think that this movie is going to scratch that itch. Although, don't expect it to out shine those two movies that I just mentioned because it's not going to. Uh, personally, I really love the Mummy series and I really love the first three movies in that Pirates uh, franchise. So this movie just does not live up to those expectations. It doesn't even meet the standards of those movies and it's not as paced as well, doesn't have as good action, doesn't have as good characters as any of those movies. So personally, I would watch those movies before I ever watch this again. But if you're wanting something new, if you're wanting something that the entire family can sit down and just watch without having, 
you know, bad language and just bad violence and whatnot, then this is definitely the movie for you. If you're going to watch it before it comes out on Disney Plus for free, I recommend just doing on demand. Don't go to the theaters and watch this. It's not going to add anything to your experience. I think just spending 30 bucks. I mean, Logan and I spent 20 bucks just for the two of us. So you add another person to that, and that's 30 bucks. I could have made my entire family watch it for cheaper than going to the theaters. So I do think the Disney premiere access thing for this movie is a actually a decent deal. And then you can also buy yourself popcorn for cheap. I mean, you can get, what, six bags of popcorn for like like $4 at Walmart. So, I mean, it's really up to you what you want to do. Me, personally, I would not recommend going to theaters to see this. I would just stay at home and watch it on Disney or Disney uh, Premiere Access. And that would be the that'd be the extent of how much money I would pay for this. Me, I'm not going to watch this outside of a family outing. It's just not something that I enjoyed enough to waste two more hours of my life on uh, outside of family time. But I gave this movie two and a half stars. Like I said, I think it's just okay. Uh, it's not one of The Rock's better movies. It's one of Emily Blunt's better performances. I actually really do enjoy her in this movie. Uh, she did she did really, really great with her character. But other than that, it's just it's not good enough to to spend a lot of money on. But there you have it. That's my review for Jungle Cruise. Let me know if you agree or disagree with me. If you have seen it already, drop us a comment on Facebook or go to patreon.com slash two game and leave us a comment there. Or you can email me at two game podcast at gmail.com. Again, the number two. And who knows, I may read it on another review uh, if you send us one of those emails or comments. So that's my review, and I will catch you on next time on another episode.